Another game in red and black and another high-scoring win for the Buffalo Sabres. You're Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Sabres your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Lockdown Sabres where you can find the show there. Sneaky Joe DiBiase here, and you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lockdown Sabres. You can follow the podcast account at Lockdown Sabres. And we have a win to talk about, another successful game in the Sabres. We're back into a playoff spot for a couple of hours before a win by the Penguins over the Tampa Bay Lightning on Sunday night sends the Sabres back below Pittsburgh, but they keep pace. Uh, Not a great out-of-town scoreboard for Sunday, but they did get the win, and they gained two points on Washington. I've been telling you I think they're toast, but still a good win to get. Seven to three. It had to be, right? I mean, they're wearing red and black. They're scoring how many goals? Because (laughs) when they play in those jerseys, They go nuts. Eight games they have now played in red and black. They are 7-1 and in those eight games, and they have outscored their opponents 43-23. to So the red and blacks continue to to be amazing, and I hope that they keep wearing them, and they should keep wearing them until they lose. At some point, they got to do that. Maybe playoff time. Maybe come playoff time, they'll get into it. Um. Otherwise, a good game from the Sabres all around. A hat trick by Dylan Cousins. We'll talk more about him in just a matter of moments. But an all-around great performance, beating a team that was chasing you in the standings, had just got Alex Ovechkin back after he was in Russia uh, after the death of his father. The Sabres are without their second-best forward in Alex Tuck, arguable, and their best player overall, and arguably their best, and arguably their best player overall, and their best defenseman in Rasmus Dahlin. No Dahlin. No talk, no Craig Anderson, by the way, no problem. Seven goals by the Sabres. They outshot the Capitals 37 to 30 in this game. Shot attempts at five on five, little closer, 49 for Buffalo, 47 for Washington. But the quality of shots far in the Sabres um, in their end or in the Washington end, more so than than the Sabres end. High danger scoring chances in this game at 5-on-5, 14 for Buffalo, 8 for the Capitals. And what that all equates at the end, the expected goals for percentage in this game, 62.5% for the Sabres. It was a trouncing. They beat them by any metric you could look at, and the scoreboard reflected that with a 7-3 to win. Everybody got involved, right? Everybody got on the scoreboard. How about Vinny Hinostroza coming up first time in a long time. He goes right up on a top line with Dylan Cousins. He's always really meshed well with Dylan Cousins. They played a lot together last season. He jumps right up. Boom. Great assist to Cousins on Cousins' second goal right in front of the net. He scores a goal on his own. He played well the entire game. Hinostroza ends the game with one goal and one assist. His first goal of the season, by the way, in about 14 minutes played. Cousins, a historic night, three goals, one assist. He is the fifth youngest Sabre ever to have three goals and one assist in a single game. You had Tage Thompson score his 40th goal of the season. 
on a, on a nice snipe, too. It's a turnover by the Capitals in their own end, right to Thompson in the slot, and Thompson buries it top corner um, over the shoulder of, I think Dar- would Darcy Kemper have still been in there? would have been Charlie Lindgren. Kemper starts the game. Back-to-back starts for Kemper. I don't know what Washington is doing there. Nobody ever does that anymore. He got chased by the Sabres. But Thompson picks the corner over the shoulder. An incredible shot for his 40th of the season. And it would have been Kemper at that point. Lindgren got pulled well after. Uh, Skinner scores a goal. He's inching closer to his um, his all-time high in points. He's only four points away, I believe, with 25 games to go or such. Skinner, a great goal behind... Um, Behind the goaltender, slides it in. He actually led all forwards in ice time with 20 minutes and 38 seconds. And another shout-out and a hand claps got to go to Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn goes up to the top line with Thompson and Skinner. And I thought, you know, it's a big ask. Replace Alex Tuck on that line. That's a tough – those are tough shoes to fill. I thought he did a very good job, though. He skated with speed. He played off of those two very well. He carried the puck. He made a bunch of really nice assists, not just with those two, but also with uh, Dylan Cousins. The um, first Cousins goal, the second Cousins goal, second period, he's streaking in. uh, Quinn skates it into the offensive zone. He holds it. He holds it after getting in over the line. He draws his defenseman in. And he sweeps it over to Cousins, who goes in alone and is able to score. So a, a great game, I thought, from Jack Quinn. Casey Middlestad potted a couple of assists in this game. You get the goal by Zemgus Girgensen, so him and Ekposo hook up for one. Um, but an overall great team effort, I thought, by everybody on the Sabres. I thought everybody played well. I, there's not a single individual I would have that much complaint about. Even Middlestat, he makes the boneheaded play of the game, right? That drop pass to Sonny Milano, who goes in and scores, but... Otherwise, the middle set was really strong. Our goat out of the night, though, of course, our MVP of the game on the night where they're wearing or a day where they're wearing goat heads. It's got to be Dylan Cousins. His first career hat trick. He was everywhere. And it wasn't just the goals he scored, but he does. Wow. A great job finishing, you know, in different ways. The first breakaway is just a shot. The second one is a forehand backhand move. The third one is another forehand backhand, but in tight or backhand forehand in tight. Hands on display, shot on display, speed on display. Dylan Cousins continues to have an incredible season. Um, and he scores his 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of the year. So a great statistical season, uh, nonetheless, for, for Cousins as well. His line, Cousins centering Casey Middlestat and Vinny Hinostroza. The best line on the ice. Both teams. 63% expected goals for actually was the highest of any line in this game. They play with speed. They play off each other. They got a couple guys that could finish cousins in particular. Everyone can play make. Um, I would keep that line together going forward with Henestroza on it. Uh, and he will have to stay on that line for a while. We'll talk about Alex Tuck being out the implication that that has on the playoff race, the replacement options, including Henestroza, um, and then before we get out of here, Timo Meyer, big name that we've talked about, traded not to Buffalo, but to New Jersey. We'll evaluate what he was traded for. There was actually a tweet involving the Sabres and um, and Meyer from earlier in the day. But what 
how did he get traded to New Jersey for what he got traded for? And what would it really have cost the Sabres to top it? We'll get to that a little bit here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast as well. We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. I love this stuff. I start my day every morning with it. I couldn't imagine not starting my day with it. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. One scoop in water, shake it up, tastes great, or one drop into my coffee or water. You don't even notice that it's there and you're getting all of those vitamins and minerals. So it just really depends uh, what your morning, what you're feeling in that morning. If you had a breakfast and you don't want the drink or if you haven't had breakfast and you want that, then you could just go for the scoop. Costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting great. It helps support better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, athleticgreens.com is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And along with that, for on-the-go, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance sneaky joe dibiase back on the locked on sabers podcast seven to three sabers over the washington seven to four I, I did that again didn't i seven to four excuse me uh i forgot about that that last goal uh in the late second by milano uh seven to four sabers over the capitals and before the game we had some injury news alex tuck is out week to week. Now, Kevin Adams spoke to the media. He said it's probably going to be a couple of weeks, but they do expect him to be back before the end of the season. But this is a, a blow, none for sure. It is, to me, the most adversity the Sabres are going to deal with in terms of an injury all season. If you think about it, Sabres have actually been relatively healthy. In fact, by league, league standards, they are one of the five healthiest teams in the league this year. They do not have a lot of man games missed. What is the biggest injury adversity they have faced all year before Tuck? It's definitely Matias Samuelson. Samuelson missed a stretch of the season earlier in the year, but Darlene's only missed a game or two. Thompson has left games early, but I'm not sure he's ever even missed a game. Skinner, if Skinner missed a couple games with uh, with a suspension. Who else other than Samuelson? This is the most adversity they're going to face all year with Alex Tuck. And you know what? Let's say it is two weeks. Complete guess, speculation, but we were told he's week to week, and we were told should be back in a couple of weeks. For what's a couple? Let's say it's two. I'm going to be on the optimistic end of things here. Let's say that it is two weeks from Monday that uh, Alex Tuck is back. That would be March 13th. Between Monday and March 13th, the Sabres have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. That is eight games, potentially, that Alex Tuck could miss. That might not sound like a ton, but it definitely is the type of stretch that could make or break a season. And it's enough games that you could fall out of it. I don't think the Sabres will. They really, 
you know, they came to play without Alex Tuck and Darlene on Sunday against the Capitals. Um, so I think they'll make it through this, but it's a tough stretch. Games in that stretch include the Maple Leafs at Toronto, the New York Rangers, the Dallas Stars, the New York Islanders, the Edmonton Oilers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, and then their, their next game, Columbus. So after the Columbus game, in the next two weeks after Columbus, the Sabres will play seven teams in a row that are in playoff spots. And many of those are at the top of the standings, but seven teams in a row that are in a playoff spot. How will they replace Tuck? Well, the simple answer is they won't. Trading for Timo Meyer would have done that, but that, of course, is a much bigger move than a rental for the next eight for the next eight games or so. How will they replace Tuck? Well, I will say Jack Quinn gave me some confidence on Sunday that he'll be able to fill the void uh, as good as anybody can do on that on that team right now. So I do like the Quinn combination with talk with uh, Thompson and Skinner. So you can only be hopeful that that will go as well as it did on Sunday going forward. Otherwise, I don't know if I see another option. You know, Paterka, I guess you could throw up there, but I would be more confident that Quinn can give them production. The one other name that I'll throw out here, if Quinn struggles at any point, you know, goes a little uh, plateaus at all, and they feel like they want to try something else. The other name I would think about for that is Peyton Krebs. Now, earlier in the year when Skinner was suspended, who did they put up with Tuck and Thompson? It was Middlestat. Now, I don't, the cousins you also could mention here if you have enough centermen where you could move him to the wing. I, I don't like that idea though, because that, that's going way too all in on one line. You, you can't, you can't sink the rest of your lineup like that. You need cousins running his own line so that it's not, you have at least one other top six line that you could turn to because middle stats centering something or even Krebs. I wouldn't be as confident. Cousins runs his line. Whoever's on it. doesn't matter who's on it. Cousins will get, Cousins will get good production out of his line no matter who's on it. So I don't like the idea of him going up. Middlestad, I don't like the idea of him going up. I love Quinn there. He would have been my number one choice too, and that looks like it'll go fine. If they have to try something else, I do think about Krebs. Krebs has played great this season. I will say great. Offensively, the numbers are not there. But remember, he's played with two grinders for most of the year in Zemgis Girgensen and Kyle Poso. Krebs is a creator. He is fast. He is a great four checker. He is a very different body type than Alex Tuck. But think about some of the things that Tuck does for that line. Four checking is one of them. He is, to me, one of the best four checkers in the NHL and the best on the Sabres. A lot of that is his length, but he's also incredibly fast. He is so good as a skater. And Krebs, Krebs is relentless on the four check. So to me, he would replace that element of that line. And you got to have at least one guy on a line that's able to do that. Tuck is a great creator, right? He sets up Thompson all the time. He sets up Skinner. Those are both proven goal scorers. So both of them, Skinner has been more pass first this year, but instinctually, both of those guys are shoot, have a shoot first mentality. So Tuck does a great job being a distributor. Peyton Krebs is a great distributor. Sometimes to a fault, he is pass first. The one thing he won't be able to replace, in addition to that reach, that that length that Tuck uses to bother people, the other thing Krebs will not have is the is the finishing ability. Right, Tuck has 26 goals this year. He is a goal scorer. You know, he might be a lot of other things more better than he is a goal scorer, but he is a goal scorer too. And Krebs, you know, he scored some nice goals this year. He's has a decent wrist shot, but over on the overall, he's never a guy that's going to make his money shooting the puck. 
So that's one element of your of it you're going to lose. But listen, maybe Skinner goes back to more of a shoot-first mentality. All I'm here to say is I think Krebs would fit on that line too as a plan B. Uh, but I'm not trying to rush Jack Quinn off that line because he did great on Sunday against the Capitals, and the hope would be that you don't have to move him at all. In terms of a trade option, I don't really think it makes sense. You know, now that Meyer is off the market, I, there's no long-term forward available that I'd be interested in, and I don't think the Sabres are in it for a rental. I don't think they need to do a rental. There's nobody, by the way, out there that you could trade for, to me, that is worth it, that's going to give you that much of an upgrade over what you got anyway. Vinny Hinostros is a fine player to put into and put into your lineup. He's just a guy, but he's fine. And, you know, Rasmus Asplin too. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, he might just kind of be in the doghouse a little bit, but he's a good player. I mean, I think he's a good player. He's a great defensive forward at the very least. And I do wonder, I was a little surprised the Sabres didn't do this. I do wonder a little bit if they think about calling Yuri Kulich up at all. The Sabres' first-round pick from the 2022 draft, who's been lighting it up. I think he's got eight goals in his last 10 games in Rochester, including a bunch this weekend. He is dom, dom looks dominant at the AHL level right now. He is on his way to the NHL in a hurry. I get why you wouldn't. You know, you keep him in Rochester. You just let him go through his whole development season. You know, don't bring him up here for just a couple games and send him back. Let him cook. Let him cook down there in Rochester. But I did wonder if they were going to do it. Because, man, he looks great for the Amherst right now. And he could really help the Sabres team, maybe. There's a chance, you know, he couldn't do anything. Um, and he's just not ready for it. He probably isn't ready for the league yet. But there's a chance that he would be. So, I thought about whether they do it with Coolidge. They did, opted not to bring up the veteran instead. But I guess they could do that at some point if Tuck uh, remains out. But, obviously, you got to hope Alex Tuck gets healthy as quick as possible and send those get-well cards to Alex Tuck so that he can get back um, in time to get the Sabres into the playoffs. Time out here when we come back. I mentioned Timo Meyer a couple times. He's been traded to the New Jersey Devils. For what? I'll go through the package, what the Sabres would have had to offer to outbid, and whether or not we're upset that the Sabres did not outbid the New Jersey Devils. That's all ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. And we are brought to you by Built Bar. You got to try Built Bar. It's got a new box in the mail today. I can't wait to crack them open. I have one for breakfast every morning. Uh, look for, for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then Built Bar is what you got to try. I'm looking to eat healthier, and if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, Built Bar is perfect. Completely covered in chocolate. Fixes my chocolate um, fix as well. And what makes them so good? Well, the great flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookie dough. They got the actual pieces of cookie dough right in them. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein while tasting like a candy bar. And now you don't need to get, you don't need to wait around to get a box. I've been telling you for years to order the Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can run into your local Walmart, run into your local Sam's Club. You get a four-bar box at Walmart, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff, or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box, hit fl- hit flavors like brownie batter, churro, and, um, and again, cookie dough, my favorite. You can thank me later. Head into Built.com uh, or go to Walmart or Sam's Club to get your Built Bars today. Final segment on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Quick quick hunt. A quick look at the hunt. Um, Sabres are not in a playoff spot. They were for a couple hours after beating the Capitals, but then the Penguins happened. The Penguins played the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they won by a 7-3 to score. They scored. I was watching that game. 
it was it was what two was it two nothing Tampa or was it two one Tampa? I think it was two one Tampa. Uh yeah, two one Tampa. Second period starts. All right, I watched about half the second period. Evgeny Malkin scores. It's three two Tampa uh, Pitt Pittsburgh. I turned the game off. Doing something else. Ten minutes later. Ten minutes later. I look up the game cast and it's seven to two. They scored five goals in five minutes. In in a five minute stretch, they scored five goals and it was over. So I don't know what happened in that game, but Tampa, man, they really fell flat in their face in that one. So Pittsburgh remains one point above the Sabres. Uh, the Sabres, though, do have a game in hand. Let me double check that I'm right on that. I had that in my head. That is correct. Sabres are one point back. They do have a game in hand. The Islanders also get the win over Winnipeg on Sunday. So the Sabres remain three points back of the Islanders, but they have five games in hand. They get two up on Detroit, two up on Florida, two up on Washington, and they remain six up on Ottawa. So the race is looking good. Not all the help you could ask for, but they do, uh, they do improve their, their spot in the standings uh, just by not, not by catching teams in front of them, but by getting further away from teams behind them. Timo Meyer gets traded shark star forward Timo Meyer. We've talked about him extensively on the show for months now. He did get traded for much. He's going to New Jersey and the devils, the devils. Here's what they traded. You don't need to know the names, but what they traded was their first round pick, which what's that going to be for New Jersey? 25th. It's going to be in the 20s. They're a great team. It's going to be in the 20s. They also traded their fifth and 13th ranked prospects, fifth and 13th, a 23-year-old bottom six guy and a 28-year-old AHLer. That's it. That is not... Much and I know he's not signed a contract. That's got to be the reason why this price was so cheap. That the Devils were not willing to pay more without an extension worked out. Because the Saber equivalent of what the Devils gave out to me would be their first round pick, which would be the tiebreaker. You'd rather have the Sabers first round pick than the Devils first round pick. So they should win this. The rest of it: JJ Paterka, Polkor Protopov, their second round pick from a couple years ago, Rasmus Asplund. And Vinny Hinostroza, 28-year-old AHL guy. Paterka, Poltapov, Asplin, Hinostroza, and your first. It's a lot of stuff, but it's a lot of nothing, right? It's a bag of air. I mean, I couldn't believe that that was the only price. Meyer is a 30-plus goal scorer. Um, I get the $10 qualifying offer, and that's got to be the explanation. But a little surprise. The Sabres were not in on that, especially when Travis Yost, TSN, tweeted earlier in the day that the Sabres had checked in on Meyer. How long ago? I don't know. But he tweeted this, and I agree with that. If you want any indication as to the sentiment in the organization, they are looking to add. And I agree with that. I don't know if the Sabres will add because, of course, the price has got to be right. Here, here's to me is what it tells me. It, it doesn't have to mean the Sabres are you know, desperately trying to add somebody and want to do it by the deadline. It doesn't even have to graduate to that. To me, what it says is that Kevin Adams and the Sabres are not afraid of adding. That for the right price, they, they are willing to do it if, if the, again, it works out. They've checked in on enough names. We've seen rumored that I, I would believe they're not afraid to make a deal. I guess we'll really find out on Friday. I mean, we'll kind of find out. They could not be afraid to pay for Jacob Chikrin and somebody just pays five first-round picks. And then do, were you afraid to make a move or did somebody just go crazy above you? So we'll see what they do. But, man, Meyer did not get traded for much. Um, the other thing about Meyer. 
I'm not going to lose sleep over losing him. I might if Jacob Chickren gets traded. I love the Jacob Chickren idea. I'll do it every day. I'll talk about it every day if you want, about how much I love the Jacob Chickren idea. Chickren fits positionally what the Sabres need, in my opinion. Meyer would be great. He would help a lot. Did they need it? They might need it for the next dozen games or so, or however long Alex Tuck is out. But otherwise, they don't really need it, right? They don't need Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer would join the Sabres, who are second in the NHL in goals. You know, offense is not really their problem, and they're going to continue to grow. All their top forward pro- or prospects are forwards. So I'm not to say I didn't want Timo Meyer. I did, but I think Chikrin, if you told me one of them's getting traded to you, I'm taking Chikrin, but I guess we'll see if he gets traded at all by the Coyotes this week. It is deadline week, and guess what? We're going to have Sabres general manager Kevin Adams on the show tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk plenty of trade deadline with the Sabres GM. The Sabres are next in action Tuesday night in or in Buffalo hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets. One of the easier games the Sabres have remaining on their schedule, so a must win in that. So we'll talk to Kevin Adams tomorrow. Come back for that. Highly anticipated episode here on the show. Uh, you can tweet us or you can send a comment in uh, at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter and you can search Lockdown Sabres on YouTube and you could just uh, comment right below this uh, this video. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next tomorrow here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast.